Welcome to 2.23am. I'm Christine McDougall. My guest today is Jonathan Jay. Jonathan began his entrepreneurial journey aged 12 and has not stopped. He sold his second company in 2007 for £5 million, which led him to found UK's Digital Lighthouse, supplying total marketing solutions to over 60,000 UK small businesses. I met Jonathan in Chicago in 2001 at a coaching conference. We have been friends ever since. In this episode, we discuss what sustained Jonathan in those weeks before his, bu- his big business breakthrough when the stack of red bills was getting bigger, why he does what he does, what he has learned as a lifelong entrepreneur, and how he now balances his personal life with far greater care. For show notes and links, plus Jonathan's bio, please visit www.blog.223am.com forward slash podcast. We would love you to leave a comment either on the show notes page or in iTunes. It really helps the podcast grow and it also allows us to know that our work at 2.23am is supporting you. Thank you for listening. Today I'm speaking with Jonathan Jay, who is based in London and is the managing director of a company called Digital Lighthouse, which I'm sure Jonathan will uh, share a little bit more about. Uh, welcome, Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us on the 223. No, thank you for the invitation, podcast. Christine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So, uh, so the tradition with this podcast is to start with a question. And you can either answer it literally, uh, which is a peculiar answer, maybe, or um, metaphorically, what wakes you at 2.23 a.m.? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. Well, it, if, if, I, if I think back to um, all the times when um, uh, I've had those, those sleepless nights, they actually boil down to two scenarios. The, the first is... Um, and, and they always they always tend to be business related. By the way, uh, the first is uh, not enough customers, uh, and the second is too many customers. Um, so not enough customers is pretty obvious. Um, you know, you 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 know, you, your, your business has an overhead that's running every month, but you haven't got enough new business in to um, to to to, uh, to to cover it, and that's a very stressful situation. Most business owners have been through that one. Certainly keeps you awake at night. And um, the the other side of the coin, which is um, that you've got too many customers. And I've been in the situation where I've had too many customers, and it's how do I service all these customers? And that's pretty worrying as well. So, so, so it's either one of those two things that that wakes me up um, at uh, in the early hours of the morning. Okay, so I'm going to come back to both of those, but I just want to sort of drop a, a little bit. Um, a little bit sort of down from there even. Uh, and so, um, you know, it, it, because I know we've known each other for quite a few years and I know that you've started, uh, in that time you've started several businesses uh, that from any normal measure would be perceived as highly successful. Um, and I know that that uh, you know what you're speaking into here about not enough customers or too many customers um, is fairly common within um, with any sort of business, whether it's a startup or a long-term business. Actually, can you can you also speak into in this sort of 2:23 a.m. Um, moment um, some of the other areas as well in in your life that that. that that uh, you know, not necessarily business related. So let me give you a couple of examples here. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, like we can. Um, the tagline of two twenty three a.m. is a call to uncommon action, and so sometimes there's this call. It's kind of like it sits even below the layer and the sound of the business. Have you ever had that experience? Is there anything around that, you know, that, that, that uh, and, and it could be that you know that a business is, needs to, to have a massive transition or that it's coming to an end or, you know, you're being pulled in another direction or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I, I, I think that um, at the times when you, um, uh, you, you stop enjoying your, your, your work um, and that, you know, that, that can have an impact on, on every part of your life, there's no doubt about that. And if you're not enjoying your work, then something's uh, dramatically wrong. And I was actually thinking only last night, um, by, I wasn't actually thinking particularly of this interview, but just by coincidence, I was, think, I was thinking that when um, uh, you, you, look, you look back on, on your life, it's certainly not the work bit that you'll remember um, because uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll think of the, 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 the family things, the um, uh, the, the, you know, the, the more personal aspect, not um, not the uh, the work, even though it seems the most important thing at the time. In retrospect, mm. uh, it it it, ne- it never is, but it can be something that can be so absorbing and consuming um, while you're um, while you're doing it that it's very easy to neglect other areas of your life. And I think um, you know, I've I've definitely been been uh, guilty of that. And it's this sort of Work comes first, which is that sort of macho culture of um, you know, it's all about the work. The work comes first, and it starts to define you. And if you mm. have a bad day at work, then 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 your life is going badly. And especially the owners of smaller businesses, where they've started the business and 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 manage the business, it can become um, a uh, quite an overpowering um, consumption of their of their of their lives and. Many business owners I know are working evenings, weekends, and they don't have a clear definition between between work and, yeah. and the rest of their life. Um, and then they discover that the rest of their life doesn't really exist. It is just work. <laughs> and yeah. and um, that, that means a, a, something, a bad day at work for whatever reason, you know, maybe too many customers or not enough customers, um, can, can, can then you know, affect Everything and it's a it's a twenty yeah. four hour a day thing, which which is just not good at all. I mean that's well, yeah. there's no there's no way you, anyone could perceive that as being a good thing. So um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question here, but yeah, um, yeah, but, no, but that's something I've yeah. been about recently. Yeah, well, you were speaking into something. You spoke into into something there that's very common. Um, yeah, I, I think a, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs and and business people, discover that at some point. Uh, they have that sort of awakening when they go, you know, there's, there must be more to life than, than and, and also the, the hero mythology around doing the, the, pulling the long hours and just being constantly busy with work and having no spaces and places to, to put, uh, community, family, um, you know, those, mm-hmm. those, those, those precious moments, uh, you know, they're sort of squeezed out. And so I think you're speaking to something that, that a lot of people sort of fall into that trap and then suddenly wake up and go, how the hell did I get here? Or, you know, how, do I, how the hell do I get out as well? Yes. Mm. So, yeah, so, 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 so you feel that when people start a business, they feel that it's going to liberate them. It's going to give yeah. them more time with their family. It's going to um, solve their money problems they're going to earn more than they've earned before they're going to be their own boss and not have someone else telling them what to do um and they want to get out of the hamster wheel uh, you know off the hamster wheel out of the rat race whatever the phrase might be um and then but the reality is actually you're just in a bigger uh hamster wheel pedaling faster and faster and you're you're in a bigger rat race um, and it's more competitive. You end up working longer hours than you ever did before. You definitely end up earning less money than you did before in the, the early times. And so, in actual fact, it's, it's the, the start a business and, and change your life is, is is the you know it can be change your life for the worse in many cases. In fact, when people say, "Should I start a business?" I I, I used to say, "No, don't. <laughs> why, why would you want yeah. to start a business where you can work for someone else? You can go home at half past five and not worry about anything." Um, but I, I guess it's, it depends what what phase you're in. Um, yeah, yeah. Because when, when when business is going well, then then because business going well isn't necessarily about making more money. It's about giving you the things that you that you want, which could be that um, it produces income when you're not there, which is obviously a big uh, a big goal for most most business owners. Very few people achieve it, but it's certainly a very a very good goal to have. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, so let's sort of circle back to um, your your sort of journey here, um, and and as, uh, um, because you've you've had a little bit of practice with business. <laughs> and so, yeah, it feels like I've been doing it forever. In actual fact, I have been doing it forever. I've I've never actually worked for anyone, so I've always done my always done my own thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've had a bit of a bit of practice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and so let's um, I because I, I know in the very beginning what you were doing was uh was not doesn't sort of fit into everyone's idea of being a, a, a like a business owner and so on. So can you sort of go back to where you started? Uh, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> well, didn't you? weren't you? weren't you uh, at one stage uh, a stage performer? Oh right, that far back. Okay, so, so when I was when I, when, so it all started when I was twelve. That's my very first business card when I was twelve years old. So and your my first business card. Wow. My first <laughs> okay. business card. My dad got me um, some business cards, and um, and I still I think I still have one of them uh, in a in a folder somewhere. And I was very proud of these business cards because obviously, if you're going to be a businessman, you need a business card. So yeah. um, I uh, used to do uh, magic shows at birthday parties, at children's birthday parties. Uh, I'd advertise in the local paper, and I'd charge just a few pounds. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was several times my pocket money. Um, and and my 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 mum used to drive me to the birthday where the birthday party was being held. I'd go in, do my half hour, forty five minute magic show. And um, and then she'd drive me home, and I'd pay her for the uh, petrol. And yes. I did that when I was sort of twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Um, and I knew that I wanted to do something theatrical. I wanted to go to university to study uh, acting. I wanted to be an actor. Um, and my school wouldn't let me. They said it was far. Uh, it was not academic enough. Um, okay. So I ended up going to do French, which was a complete disaster. Dropped out of university, like every entrepreneur. Uh, feels obligated to do. It seems that every entrepreneur you read about has dropped out of university. And yeah. um, uh, and during my my very short term time at university in the in the first term, um, I saw a stage hypnotist, and I'd never seen this before in my life. It wasn't on TV at the time. It was it was amazing. And by complete coincidence, I met him three months later, and I said, "You were the hypnotist that I saw it." at the university I said it was fantastic and what was so fantastic about him and I realized how good he was when I started watching other hypnotists was that he was very very entertaining uh, without embarrassing or degrading the people on stage and a lot of hypnotists um, feel that the only way they can get laughs is to make people look stupid and he didn't make yes. people look stupid he made them the stars of the show and, and I thought that right. was impressive that was in, that was skillful in its own in its own right and he taught yes. me and I started going out to to do shows in university. That was my um, my my target market, and that was really where I learned two things. I learned about appearing on stage, and um, and it knocked all fear of an audience out of me, and that has been a very very useful skill over the years. But it also learned me how to how to market and sell myself. It also taught me um, the, the the value of hard work. And I employ people now, and I've been employing people for um, probably nearly, nearly 20 years. And uh, there are very few people who appreciate the value of hard work, and they feel that they're being paid just to turn up, sit in a chair, and go home, um, and make it look like they're busy um, for times yeah. during the day, where I knew that if I didn't work hard, then I wouldn't earn an income. And yeah. um, And I... Uh, this was obviously before email and before um, home computers. And I would sit there with my pile of file cards that I'd written out on each file card the name and address and telephone number of every university in the UK. And I had hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds of these file cards. And I'd start at the top of the file cards in the A's and I would phone and phone and phone until I got hold of someone and then I would pitch them my hypnosis show and of course I was new to this and I was pitching against people who'd been doing it for 15-20 years before me um, yeah. and the interesting thing is sometimes being the, the newcomer to a to an industry is a very good thing it's not a bad thing it's a good thing because people sometimes just want a change so I was being booked because I was different and I was a change and I was younger because I was 21, 22, 
I was younger than all the other guys who were double my age. Yeah. So I started getting bookings. And in fact, I, actually, I got so many bookings that the guy who taught me got a little bit upset. Even though he'd encouraged me, I was actually getting bookings that he wasn't getting. And people were mm-hmm. booking me in preference to him, which created a little bit of friction. And I've discovered ever since that when you create a bit of friction in the marketplace, it's actually a sign that you're doing something right. It's a sign that if you're ruffling a few feathers, then you must be doing something right. Because um, uh, you know, your competitors tell you, really, if you're hurting them, yeah. um, by getting upset with you. Yeah. And uh, I, was, I was earning £100,000 uh, a year in 21, 22, 23. And I don't know what the equivalent would be. Um, 20 years later, but it was a, very good for someone of that age. Um, yeah. And I, my, my, my goal list was pathetically um, uh, simple. It was have a mobile phone, um, <laughs> have my own car. Like this. You know, I remember the mobile phone quite distinctly because that was a, a real status symbol back, back in the early 90s. Yeah. And um, I realized that there was a major flaw with my business model. If I didn't go out on stage that night and do the two-hour show, then I wouldn't get paid. You know, it was very, yeah. very simple swapping time for money. And yeah. I've seen many people fall into this, this trap, which, which means that your ability to earn is dictated by the time that you have, the energy that you have, and the desire that you have to keep working. And when you stop yeah. working, you stop earning. And that is um, not a great business model. And in 1996, Richard Branson's first biography was published. And I read this book uh, whilst away. I was on the beach. and I've still got that copy of the book now. It's got sand in between the pages where I was reading on the right. beach. Yeah. And I thought, this guy's got the right idea because it isn't all about him. So how can I construct something that works when I'm not there? And it took yeah. me three years between 96 and 99 of, of of experimenting and I wouldn't say particularly failing because every time I felt that something wasn't working I would morph it into something else so I was constantly moving ahead of this you know everyone when they have a business is getting gets that feeling this really is not working how long do I persist with something isn't working and every time I got that feeling I'd say okay how can I morph you know I've got the infrastructure I've got the staff I've got the office how can I sell something related and I kept on trying different things so I found something that worked and then in 1999 mm-hmm. that was when I, I, I struck gold because that was when people started talking about coaching mm-hmm. and in the UK um, and I don't know whether we were ahead of Australia or behind Australia in this in the, we were behind America definitely and people started talking about coaching and there was an interview in um, uh, a very popular Sunday newspaper the Mail on Sunday um, uh, with Laura Berman Fortgang. And yeah. uh, this was someone that I'd met several times over over the years. At, at this point, it was just an interview. I didn't know anything about her. I'd never read the book, and um, but it was very, very interesting. And on the Monday morning, my office started getting phone calls saying, do you run courses on coaching? And mm-hmm. the reason they were calling my office is because I was publishing a magazine on personal development and of course, the overlap with coaching was very obvious. Yeah. And mm. the first person who phoned on Monday morning asked me whether we ran coaching courses, you know, courses for people who wanted to learn coaching skills. And I said, no, we don't do that, but we do have a very nice publication um, <laughs> on personal development. And they said, well, we don't want that. We want the training. And then yeah. later in the day, another person phoned and asked the same question. And I gave them the same answer. And then later in the day, a third person phoned and asked me the same thing. And, I, I, and I'm not silly when it comes to this. I listen, I listen to what people are saying. And yeah. I thought, you know what? Maybe we should be doing courses on coaching. So I went and did some research. And I found an, a, a company in America called Coach University. And, and Coach, Coach University, Coach U, as I think they, they, they were, were better known as, mm-hmm. um, uh, charged, I think it was $3,000, uh, which was about £2,000. And they did this training course that was caddy classes. And I went and asked some people, I said, what sort of training do you want? Do you want teleclasses? And I went, no, we want to sit in a room with other people and we want to learn it from people who've been there and done it. I thought, okay. So I went to the people who wrote the articles in my magazine um, who were based in the UK and I said, do you know anything about this coaching, this life coaching stuff? And they went, well, we, we do that. I said, do you? And they went, 
yes, Jonathan, you just never asked us. I went, okay, could you put together a coaching course? And they went, mm. absolutely, we can put together. We'd love to do that for you. So they went and put together the coaching course. In fact, the very first course, they didn't, um, they didn't charge me for running it. And in fact, I believe that one of the people on that first course, running that first course, was, was, a, was a mutual colleague of, of ours. Yeah. And um, uh, the, uh, the, the, that was great. So I was, I, the product was being put together for me because I didn't know very much about it, but I needed to get some customers. And this is where most businesses can really be defined as a hobby uh, in that they've got a great product, but they haven't got the customers. And I need to go and find some customers and find some customers quickly. So I leveraged um, uh, the relationships that I had. So in other words, I went to people and asked for a favor. And I went to a, a, a colleague called Mark, and I said to Mark, look, you have a personal development newsletter that you send out to 10,000 people every single month. Could I pop something in the newsletter? And he said, yeah, no, no problem at all. Um, and interestingly, this was actually the guy who promoted Laura Berman Fortgang, the coach that I read about in the UK. Yeah. And I knew that on his database were all the people who went to her seminar. And yeah. um, uh, when they got the newsletter at the end of the month, there's a little postcard in it from us saying, do you have what it takes to be a personal coach? And yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people filled that postcard in for more information. I sent them more information. Um, and then they phoned up and they booked the training program that was taking place a couple of months later. And I priced the training program exactly the same as the Coach University course. It was £2,000, $3,000. And 27 people booked onto the first coaching course. And it changed my life, Christine. It changed my life because suddenly I had a business where I wasn't running the coaching course. I mean, none of these yeah. customers knew me. Um, yeah. I was doing the marketing for the coaching course, but I wasn't actually yeah. running it myself. And yeah. financially, it changed my life as well because my back was against the wall at that point, and I really didn't think that um, life was going to get any 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 worse than it was than it currently was. So overnight, everything changed, and yeah. those twenty seven people came to a hotel, um, sat there for two days. Um, the the trainers did their thing. At the very first break, they came out smiling and 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 happy. And um, they, they, they came out of the, um, uh, the, the meeting room, and I thought, well, I've got something really special here. However, I didn't think that I would be doing it again. I really thought that I was running a one-off. Right. But then after the training course finished, more people kept phoning. And I thought, I've got yeah. to do another one. Then I did yeah. another one. Then I did another one. And within 12 months, it had become a, a, a million-pound turnover business. So from, from zero to a million pounds of revenue in 12 months. And then the next 12 months, it was one and a half million pounds worth of revenue. And then it was two million pounds worth of revenue. And then it was three million. And then it was five million. And right. I sold that company to a private equity group in November 2007 for five million pounds. So my investment was effort. My investment was time. It certainly wasn't money. Um, it was a decent idea, but then lots of people had exactly the same idea since. So, so it's not it's not sort of right. um, anything uh, particularly unique by any means. And um, it, it, uh, it and, and that business, 15 years later, is still going strong in the UK. Right. So sorry, that was a so, slightly long answer. Yeah, to your no, question, no, but, but that's, that, that's you know, it's a yeah, <laughs> that's a great. So what I want the question that I want to ask, and it's probably not the one that you're expecting. <laughs> the question okay. that I want to ask is. When, because you said that that the, before this took off for so that first program, you said you had your back against the wall, and it was, uh, and then it went. You know, it was like okay, suddenly there was this this. You had twenty seven people, and you know, so in those moments, in those weeks or months that were leading up to what you could not have anticipated was going to happen at some level, you might have been hoping and wishing. How did you sustain yourself? You know, what was what were the things that kept you together when it was like looking very scary, shaky? Well, I, I remember coming home from the office and um, sitting there on my sofa with a pile, of, an, another pile of final demands and, and, and bills printed in red ink. And whenever a bill is printed in red ink, that's never, never a good sign. And um, and I sat there and I had my head in my hands and I, I, I was tearful because it, it was it just felt like everything was was just getting too much it was just i just didn't know what how to um, mm. you know what to do next and 
one thing, uh, there, there, there were several things that probably kept me focused. One was a video that I had of Brian Tracy, the, the Canadian um, uh, speaker and presenter. Mm-hmm. And he, um, it, was a, it was a video that actually my company had recorded of him speaking in, in, in London. And I, I, I watched that. That was, kept me strong. Um, yeah. I had my, um, uh, there was a book called, a very old book by David Schwartz called The Magic of Thinking Big. And, yeah. and so reading that sort of kept me focused. And um, it was, it, I had deep down the belief that I was better than the evidence was, that was being presented to me. I okay. was better than this. I, I was not someone who failed at things. I was better yeah. than this. And it probably, I hope it doesn't sound arrogant, uh, and it certainly wasn't arrogant at all. Yeah. It was just... I knew that I could do it because I saw other people doing well and there's nothing worse than seeing someone dumber than you doing better than you. <laughs> and I thought, if they, if, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, and the, the, uh, yeah. In, in business now, I mean, I, you know, I make mistakes, I get things wrong, I, I, I make the wrong judgment calls and I, you know, like, like anyone does, it's certainly not sort of, you know, everything's perfect. But I have complete belief uh, in my ability to 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 succeed simply because you know I, I i i don't allow myself the the opportunity of failing you know i get things wrong yeah. but i've never described that as failing yes yeah and i mean because in in the context of that that experience there you you'd gone from being a young a young buck earning a significant amount of money and then obviously making this choice that you wanted to create a business that wasn't dependent on you um and then that sort of that 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 uh, ab- 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 you know, being in the abyss moment where where you were getting um bills with red letters and so on and so forth um mm. and so you you'd had the experience of comparatively um good success uh, and then, um, and, and so it's very interesting that you're speaking about that that sort of deep core belief that that uh, that you were going to somehow pull through. And from the way you tell the story there, you, with starting the first coaching program, you had no idea at the start that it was going to actually become this business. It was it was it was something that yeah. took you even by surprise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, mm. so, no, it, it did take me. It did take me by surprise, and um, uh, but but you know something, I think I'd have got there eventually. And the, I, I've I've sort of met hundreds hundreds of business owners face to face. You know, sort of had conversations with them, and and some, even though the the sort of the evidence does not necessarily you know doesn't demonstrate success in the traditional sense of the term, you can tell they have a successful personality. Yeah. And a successful personality is a positive personality, is a resilient personality, is a um, don't things don't take things per- personally personality. Um, yeah. And if you've got all those attributes, um, most people like that are really just looking for a vehicle yeah. to, um, mm. to 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 demonstrate those attributes. And then and the business that they do is really irrelevant. Some people would be successful. You know, regardless of the business, it's not the business themselves; it's the person running the business. And in most businesses, the thing holding back the business is the person running the business. And I'd yeah. actually say, even in, you know, in my business, the the thing holding it back is is my own beliefs about things. Um, you know, it, it, it's not holding it back to the extent that it that it's not succeeding. But it, you know, we we all hold things back dependent mm. upon our expectations um, and our beliefs in what is possible. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit more about the business that you're in right now and how that started and and uh, and and you know where you're at with that at the moment. Digital Lighthouse. Yeah, sure. So we so we do the marketing for small businesses. So we've got a uh, an integrated marketing system where we do all the video, the social media, the web pages. We write the copy. We do the email marketing. We write the emails. You know, we do everything for the customer. So this is for the busy business owner who doesn't have a marketing department, doesn't know where to start. It's all a bit of a mess. There's no there's no um, sort of synchronized marketing system. It's all a bit haphazard. 
and and and, and we do it all for the customer. So mm-hmm. for, for for four years, we were running seminars on on marketing for business owners, and you know, compared to to um, other companies in the UK, we were doing doing very well. You know, we we're doing about between a million and a million and a half a year in sales, which you know isn't isn't too shabby. I mean, that's like four or five staff, so that, you know, that's kind of quite quite small. And I, I made a decision um, about a year and a half, a year and a bit, a year and a bit ago, that um, that if if this business was to to really uh, do what I wanted it to do, it had to do a lot more business very quickly, or I mm-hmm. wasn't going to do it at all. I was going to say, right, right, okay, that's it. I'm not I'm not going to bother with this because it was it was using too much energy for the for the reward. Right. And and actually I would have been quite happy to, to, to do that because I don't have a, a an emotional attachment to the business. It's merely a a, you know, a vehicle uh, mm-hmm. for me. And um uh, and I thought, well okay, you know what 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 would I do to boost this business dramatically, very, very quickly. So uh, what I did was I found someone who had um access to a large number of customers. I sold them shares in the company access their company their customers and that gave us a massive boost i mean we did more business in 12 months in, in one month than we'd done in the previous 12 months um uh, now that's we don't no longer access their customers because what we're looking for is that initial boost but the business has grown five times um in the last mm-hmm. 12 months and right. uh, so we've got we, we've got the we've got the, the the boost now and we're going to double it from from so we could doing like sort of one one and a half million a year now we're doing five million plus a year and we're going to double that up to 12 million over the next 12 months. So sometimes right. you just need a, a launch pad. You just need to, to find that launch pad. Um, and, uh, and, and we found the launch pad. We've launched, uh, and, and now it's a, a whole new different. I mean, we've tripled the staffing. Um, ev- everything is, 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 is bigger and better. Yes. And, and so just before I, you know, because that, that in its own right raises its own sort of tensions, doesn't it? When you, when you have, um, you, when you've got uh, something that's, it sort of comes back to one of your 2.23 a.m. Uh, uh, too many customers or, or a business that is expanding at a very rapid rate, rate, um, because that, that in its own right has, uh, steep learning curves and stresses that go with that. Yeah. Up, up. Absolutely, um, and and that was the too many customers situation last September. <laughs> um, it was just it was just absolutely uh, crazy busy, um, and uh, I, I'm not sure if I'd want to do that necessarily. In fact, what well, if I was to do it again, I would do it with a slightly different um, uh, approach. I mean, this is the this is the benefit of, of hindsight, isn't it? Mm. So I. Um, uh, now it's a bit more uh, it's a bit more controlled and a bit steadier rather than suddenly a hundred people descending upon you in the space of four weeks, which is um, um, is, is is rather demanding, um, mm-hmm. and that did keep me a- a- awake uh, quite a bit. Um, so so I, I think I think the important thing is to have a life outside of work, because if yeah. you don't have a life outside of work, then you're sitting there with your laptop in the evening. That's all work related. And, and as, a, as a result, you don't actually get any better. You don't. You, you know, I, there is no correlation between the number of hours you work and the success of your business. Um, mm. And because, because then someone who works twelve hours a day is going to be twice as successful as someone who works six, and it just isn't the case. It's not about working longer hours. It's not about working harder. Um, it's a, it's about doing the right things. And most business owners don't focus their attention in the, on the right things. They focus their attention on things that just don't matter at all uh, for example i was at a business yesterday um very very small business struggling to get customers but i noticed you did have some very very nice branded mugs on the shelf yeah. and i thought okay i bet there was thought and effort and time and energy into finding you know getting those branded mugs um where it should have been about getting um uh, getting more customers yeah yeah so you made this comment um, about the particular business that you're in um, that you, you don't have a strong um, emotional attachment to, to that. Um, but so if we can, and I understand that from a, a business thing, but you you, you obviously there's you have a set of skills that that uh, and, and you and there's obviously a, a level of enjoyment and pleasure you get from. Uh, uh, 
fine-tuning and uh, engaging your skills in, in your work. Uh, it, 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 am I am I assuming that, or is that correct? I mean, <laughs> what did I did I enjoy it? Well, yes, but you know, you're 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 obviously um, because because the story that you've told about you know, from from starting at age twelve, uh, you, you've developed a body of work and a, and a specific talent that that uh, you know I would say you've got a, a high expertise in marketing and understanding marketing and and business, you know, understanding the creation of a business, and and mm-hmm. so. While you might not be emotionally attached to the business, I, I'm, I'd like to hear a little bit about the, the pleasure you get from being engaged, and, and you know what what uh, nourishes you um, in the in the work that you're doing. And well, it's, it's a sense of challenge. Um, it, it's certainly not about about uh, money. I mean, money is sort of an indirect uh, reward. But it's, yeah. it's certainly not about the money. If it was about the money, I wouldn't wouldn't have been doing this. For, <laughs> wouldn't have been doing this for six years, um, because I, you know, for, for years I just reinvested um, back back into the business. I didn't I didn't yeah. didn't draw from it at all. So um, it, it, it's more a sense of achievement, and more a sense of uh, it, it's like why do you why do you run another race? Why do you run another yeah. marathon? Because it's a, sense, it's a sense of personal it's a sense of personal achievement. Um, yeah. And it's a, um, I guess, there's a little bit of uh, sort of proving to other people that you can do it again as much as you prove it to yourself, uh, and and proving, you know, there's a lot of talk out there, but very little action. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 it's, 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 it's definitely a sense of, um, of of personal achievement and uh, not not really recognition, but it's. Um, yeah. It's it's it's, do, it's doing something that you know that you can do, and each time doing it bigger and better. I guess if to to, to correlate that yeah. with um, what to use the analogy of sports, it's it's about winning another match. It's about winning. Uh, yeah, it's 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 about doing something. You know, running further or longer than you did did last time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's that sort of, it, you're in competition with yourself as much as you are with anyone else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so tell me what. What what are the areas in your in your own life? You've mentioned you've mentioned that it's really important to have a life outside of um, work. And, uh, so, what are the areas that are your edges? You know, where it, where is it that you're you're focusing on your own? Uh, um, whether it's 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 uh, the challenge of of building a business that is um, multiples of what you've done before, or you know, where's where's your edge at the moment? Okay, could you ask me that? Could you rephrase that for me, just so I make sure I'm giving you the, the, yeah, the, sure, the best sure. answer? Yeah, so, you know, it, m- most of us, we, you use the analogy of, of the athlete and the running the race and et cetera, et cetera. And so generally, um, so there might be a challenge, can they go faster for longer, or um, you know, what is that challenge? And and so there, there's a, there's an edge that they're testing in themselves. There's something that they're going, can I do? Can I do this better? Um, a swimmer might be working on a particular stroke or yeah. something like that. You know, there's there's a focus area that you're you're going. This is where I'm putting my attention right now on my own sort of um, evolution as a business owner and entrepreneur. Does that clarify? So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me um, uh, let me um, uh, answer that best I can. So yeah. So there's there's definitely um, so so the, the 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 measure for me is in business value, and uh, you know you you sell you sell a business for for, for five for five million pounds, you want to sell the next one for more than that, and then the next mm-hmm. one for more than that. And and it's really it's so not about the money. It really isn't because my life has not changed at all in the last fifteen years. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about paying the telephone bill or something, which is which is nice. Um, to be fair, quite often I forget to pay the telephone. <laughs> forget to pay right. the telephone okay. bill. Um, okay. Because I because I I sort of uh, you know I, I it kind of doesn't doesn't sort of enter into my consciousness as something that's that's important to do. Um, but um, it, it, you know, so I don't have to worry about things like that. And I don't sort of, you know, but I, I'm still, I'm still quite, uh, you know, I'm very, you know, I, I, if something isn't good value, I'm certainly not going to buy it. 
Um, so, um, you know, I drive a car that's, I think it's six years old now. So, so it's, so I'm not sort of, um, you know, that isn't the, the thing. It's, it's, it's about, can I, can I do something bigger and better than the last thing that I did? Yes. That is yes. the, that is the test. Um, mm. And also actually discovering that business isn't particularly difficult. It, it, most people's focus is in completely the wrong areas. And, um, it, you know, it's, 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 all, it's so much about mindset. It's massively about mindset. I, did a, I don't do this very often, but I did a, um, a consultation with a, a business owner as a, as a favor last week. And I told him exactly what he needed to do to make his business his fairly new business massively successful and i could see the sort of skepticism in his eyes and it was really because he didn't believe that he could do it that was the problem mm-hmm. and i love this feeling of uh, of being able to conquer your doubts and your fears and your your um lack of uh belief and sort of and also yeah. believing at a higher level and i know there's plenty of people who think so much bigger than i do um, and when you spend time with those people, they they, they stretch your own thinking, yeah. and uh, you realise that you've been th- you've been thinking small. Um, mm. So it's 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 it, it's it's fun. It's 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 a bit yeah. of a game. If you take it too too seriously and get too sort of enveloped into it, it it can be damaging. But if you yeah. if you hold it at arm's length, it's a lot more fun. Yes. Yes. Very good. So there's that real, I mean, it, 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 I have been around sports a lot myself, so you know, it's that real, um, there's, a, there's an element of mastery in it, but you're really talking about mastery of business on one level. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think I, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, it's not about getting everything right and being perfect. It's about being prepared and comfortable with making mistakes and mm. i'm sure i i'm 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 i make um more mistakes uh, uh than 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 most people but the, the the i mean there are lots of sayings and anecdotes around this aren't you, you know, the fast the faster you, the faster you fail the faster you succeed that sort of thing yes um and it is a bit of a cliche but it's actually true so, so say more, you know, be, um, that that the comment that you just made about um, being prepared to uh, um, and and so on to make mistakes. So, so how quickly have you learned to adapt through that? I mean, and you spoke about it a little bit earlier in the conversation uh, when you were when you were uh, starting before you started the coaching business that you sort of morphed. Um, now, you know, what's your process uh, um, when you when you're aware of making a mistake? Oh, it's it's forgot. If if something doesn't work out according to plan, or if something, um, it's more. It's I tell you, it's less about making mistakes. It's more about it's a, more about things just don't according. You, so you make decisions that don't work out according to plan. Okay. Um, okay. It's it's about instantly dismissing it. It's like a. It's like it just never happened. It, it's okay. it's it's a. It's moving on really quick. So for example, this morning I've been at the office for for. for uh, nearly two hours, and for nearly an hour of that, I've been talking to you. So in the first hour of the day, the first hour of the day, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, last night I fired someone who obviously yeah. can then come into work this morning, um, but I've got a replacement coming in uh, this morning to replace them. Yes. And uh, this morning someone um, someone who's been with us for about a year or so handed in their notice and is leaving in four weeks, which just creates a few little logistical issues. But also this morning I've interviewed someone who by coincidence will replace the person who's, who's <laughs> handed in their notice. Um, right. So, so um, and um, I've discovered that the lease on our office building runs out on Friday in, in 48 hours time. And I've got to get yes. all that signed and witnessed by a solicitor and all that done today. Um, and you know, you, you, it, it, business is all about solving problems and making decisions. And the better you are at solving problems and making decisions, the better the business owner you will be. And many people shy away from solving problems, hoping that they'll solve themselves, and they don't like making decisions. They procrastinate, which means that you yeah. shouldn't own a business if that's the case, because the key skills needed is solving problems and um, making decisions. And the person who makes decisions very, very quickly, um, not necessarily knee-jerk decisions, 
they're considered decisions, but makes them quickly and is good at solving problems. So, for example, I've taught my, my sort of number two in the business that um, every every problem has a solution. And sometimes it looks like there's only one solution, but there's always a solution that uh, works out for the best. And uh, the better you are at solving problems and making decisions, the better you are at running a business. And it's really one big game. It's almost like a board game. It's like a board yeah. game where when you throw the dice, you land on a square and it's either solving a problem or making a decision. And the more you play the game, the better you become at doing those two things. And the better yeah. you become at solving problems and making decisions, um, the faster you, you, you win the game. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very nice. And so I'm just sort of in the sort of closing questions here. When you, when you, uh, and I'm not going to go back to when you were 12. You were obviously an entrepreneur from from very early. But when, <laughs> when you were doing your um, your sessions around the UK universities as a hypnotist, mm-hmm. did you anticipate uh, that you would be somewhere like where you are now from a from a business success point of view? Yeah, I did probably. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I All didn't right. know didn't know what it would look like, but 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 I but I certainly didn't want to have the nine to five job. I couldn't quite yeah. understand why people would would do that every day for yeah. a, a fraction of the reward and always seem to be unhappy. They always used to everyone I suppose no one enjoyed it. They always seemed to be unhappy yeah. with it. Yeah. And and I just thought that was bizarre. People seem to put up with things far too quickly. They put up with with um average and boredom and things far too quickly they feel that they are um that the that that uh whether it's a good day or a bad day is dependent upon other people rather than themselves they don't consider themselves the the in control of their environment they consider the environment to be in control of them and you know some people look at the world that way and some people don't um i think the people who control their environment are a lot happier than the people who who, who don't, the people who are sort of a victim of their environment. Um, mm. And when you, when you start to realize that you, you create the world that you live in, if you're in an yeah. unhappy relationship, that's, that's your own damn fault. You know, no one else is. Yeah. Um, get out, move on, you know, get on with it. Yeah. Um, you know, no, one, no, one, no one tells you to stick at a job that you don't like. Um, mm. Go and find something you do like. Um, yeah. but, but most people don't, don't, or many people rather, don't have a... Um, the, 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 they have an atti- they have a victim attitude rather than a yes. control attitude, or or taking charge of their life attitude. Yes, taking, yeah. yeah, taking charge yeah. of their life is better. I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so two more questions. Do you do you have any uh, any aspiration or um, sense of where you would like to be in a bunch of years. I'm not going to say how many years because yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think I think the the focus is now more on on um, personal stuff, and I think that the work can constru- The interesting thing is, I actually think that the more I focus on the per- personal stuff, um, the better the work life will be. Um, yeah, okay. following my sort of my rule of the longer you spend at work, that it doesn't, doesn't make work any more be- any better or any more successful. Um, so yeah, so it's it's, it's I, I think the sh- the shift is to to more personal things now. And when did you discover that? That the longer you spend at work, you know, where you, did that come to you? Is that something you've always known, or does that come through experience? It's, it's through me- it's through meeting lots of business owners and finding that the 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 ones that tell you that they 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 work fourteen hour days um, yeah. are usually the ones who, who are doing the worst. Okay. And the, the right. people who can disengage. Are the people doing the best? Yeah, it's it's it's, right. it's the complete opposite. What everyone, every business startup book tells you, you've got to work long hours. You've got to put the effort in. Well, yeah, of course yeah. you've got to put the effort in, but put the effort in the right places. And actually, put the effort in the right places. It's not about uh, mm. duration. It's not about yeah. hours and minutes. It's it's, yeah. it's it's about focusing on the right things. Mm. Very good, very good. Um, well, and so the if we sort of circle back to the beginning, the the uh, there was two levels of the the two twenty three a.m. moments. The first, not enough customers and too many customers, and then the other part of that um, was uh, this, um, you know, not having your business actually 
inform the quality of your life per se. And 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 so by the sounds of it, you're really you're you're shifting into a place where where um, you, your business and your personal life can be more partnering, um, a, more of a dance kind of is what I'm what I'm what I'm uh, sort of hearing. Yeah. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. And it's also knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're not yes. good at and getting other people to do the things that you're not good at and focusing on the things that you are good at. Because yes. my, my analogy is um, for this is that uh, a lot of business owners spend time tidying their desk. And I, when I say tidying their desk, I mean you know, do, do, doing sort of um, low-value activities. And yes. the Virgin Group, um, to use the Branson analogy yes. again the virgin group didn't become successful because they put a great filing system you know? <laughs> so, so 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 it's about focusing on the on the important things and most people don't sometimes they just don't know what's important um yeah. and they don't know what to delegate so that my my to, to leave you with with a, a sort of something that my seminar audiences used to love um we we used to have a customer who um nearly killed himself uh, with his work and uh, you know, quite literally you know, he'd had heart attacks and all yeah. sorts of things and he said to me that one day he'd be uh, he'd, they'd come to his office and he'd cart him, cart, they'd, the ambulance would cart him off to the hospital and he'd be DOA and if you ever watch CSI Miami you'll know that DOA is dead on arrival, you'd be dead on yeah. arrival and yeah. uh, we created a um, uh, uh, our own version of DOA, which is to stop you being dead on arrival, which is D stands for delegate, O for outsource, and A for automate. So you want to DOA all the things in your life that you're not, you don't enjoy doing and you're not good at doing. And if you DOA, delegate, outsource, automate all the things you don't enjoy doing and all the things you're not good at doing, then your life and your business becomes a whole lot better. Very nice. <laughs> Very good. Well, I really appreciate you uh, you sharing this this part of your journey um, with us, and uh, I really value our long enduring friendship. Thank you very much for thank you very much, Christine. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. If you want more of two twenty three AM, then you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or go to the blog of two twenty three AM dot com. That's blog dot two twenty three AM dot com where you'll find articles and interviews featuring stellar guests from around the world, plus tools and resources, and much, much more. Follow 223AM on Twitter at twitter.com slash 2 underscore 23AM. That's 2 underscore 23AM. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash 0223AM. Till next time, thank you for listening.